Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi, I'm Adam Berkmans, and today we're making Florida rum-braised rabbit. This recipe was created by Harvesting Nature's founder and editor-in-chief, Justin Townsend. He writes... I recently watched a film that was shot in South Florida, which depicted a family hunting rabbits as a sugarcane was being harvested. The rabbits would run out of the cane as the thresher mowed down the stalks. As they ran out, the kids would chase them and strike them down with large sticks. This may seem a little rough, but there's a long tradition of harvesting rabbits with sticks. Many Southeastern American Indian tribes would use bulky throwing sticks to kill or knock rabbits out while hunting. This film also got me thinking about pairing Florida ingredients with the Florida rabbits that I had harvested. Those thoughts culminated into this delicious recipe. I combined local mango, habanero, and a local Florida spiced rum called Righteous Rum and Spice from Old St. Pete Distilling. The resulting flavors are spicy and sweet with a beautifully tender texture of the rabbit meat. Thanks, Justin. I can see that the scenes in the film of rabbits fleeing the protection of the sugarcane would have been very powerful. And if we're going to talk about the history of rum, we must first focus on sugarcane. Sugarcane is actually an old world crop originating in India and New Guinea. The plants are tall, cane-like, jointed grasses whose fibrous insides are full of juices that contain sucrose, which can then be processed into sugar. Merchants spread sugarcane around the known world for the last few thousand years, but due to processing issues and technological shortcomings, it remained a medicine and sweetener for only the most elite. Laborers would have to chop the canes down, then press out the juices immediately, or they'd go bad in less than a day. The juices would then need to be boiled down into a type of crude molasses. Eventually, by the 13 and 1400s, technological advances in sugarcane mills made the process easier and more efficient. When European explorers discovered that there was a new world beyond the horizon, sugarcane was immediately brought over to the tropics to be grown. This exchange of flora and fauna from the old world to the new world, and vice versa, is known as the Columbian Exchange. 
Coffee, rice, citrus, bananas, goats, pigs, horses, chickens, honeybees, and sugarcane were all major imports from the old world to new, while tomatoes, corn, tobacco, chilies, chocolate, potatoes, and turkeys made their way to the old. Columbus himself, why do I end up talking about this guy so much, brought sugarcane with him from the Spanish Canary Islands on his second voyage and planted it in modern-day Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Shortly thereafter, mills began popping up all over the Caribbean and South America, with sugar being produced in Cuba, Jamaica, Guyana, formerly known as Demerara, which is a name for a certain type of brown sugar, Guadalupe, Suriname, and Brazil. Sugar production was so lucrative that France was willing to give up all of Canada to keep a few small sugar-producing islands in the Caribbean after the Seven Years' War. And the Netherlands easily gave up New Amsterdam, which you probably now know as Manhattan, for their sugar-producing Suriname territory. Native islanders were captured and were quickly broken and discarded when pressed into slavery, being forced to work under brutal conditions in the sugarcane fields and mills. Enslaved African peoples were quickly brought over to replace them, and they too became broken and discarded, just to be replaced by fresh boatfuls of miserable humanity. The sugar business was savage, and plantation owners burned through workers without a thought. Eventually, a pattern emerged in the sugar business, a triangular system of buying and selling. Processed sugar, in the form of molasses, would be shipped from the Caribbean to New England, where it would be made into rum. Proceeds would be used to purchase American manufactured goods, which would then be shipped to Europe. Profits would be invested back into enslaved African people, who would be shipped to the Caribbean to replace all the poor people who had died making the sugar in the first place. This triangle, Africa to America to Europe, would stay in place for quite some time, making many European investors rich. It wasn't a pretty scene. In the New England corner of the triangle, rum production became big business. Once molasses began slowly pouring in from the Caribbean, distilleries began popping up in places like New York and Boston, turning molasses into rum and shipping it out to Europe. Rum quickly became New England's largest and most prosperous industry, bringing in skilled laborers like coopers, metal workers, distillers, and others who specialized in the nitty-gritty of the business. Soon, rum accounted for 80% of New England's exports, and it is said that before the revolution, every New Englander drank at least three gallons of rum per year. Rum also became popular on ships, with everyone from privateers and pirates to the British Royal Navy drinking this stuff. Some even posit that the word for rum came from the drinking vessel used by Dutch sailors, known as the Romer, which would be used to down daily allotments of the sugar-based liquor. Some captains and admirals would water the rum down to reduce its effect on working sailors, which created the beverage grog. A daily ration of rum was still given to sailors of the British Royal Navy until 1970. The Royal Canadian Navy, with strong connections to the Newfoundland rum trade of the antiquity, still offers a rum ration on special occasions. Newfoundland has always had a strong connection with rum and the Caribbean, trading salt cod for Jamaican dark rum, which is known locally as screech. Come from a ways, or those from outside of Newfoundland, can be screeched in, a ceremony including a shot of rum, some Newfoundland poetry, and kissing a codfish. Rum today can be split into several different grades. White, silver, or light rums are heavily filtered rums made from sugarcane that have not been aged. They have a light flavor and are generally used in mixed drinks. Puerto Rico is a source for much of the world's white rum. Gold or amber rums have been aged in charred white oak barrels that have already been used to age bourbon. 
This gives the liquor a pretty gold color and a lot more flavor than white rum. Spiced rum is generally made with a gold rum base with caramel and spices like cinnamon, cloves, cardamom, and pepper added. Dark rums, which can be brown, black, or red, are made from dark molasses and have a much deeper and more pronounced flavor. Dark rum is also aged in old bourbon barrels, often for much longer than gold rum. Many dark rums come from Jamaica and Haiti. There are many traditional recipes that use rum, like rum cakes and puddings, which most often use dark or spiced rums. Many of these recipes can be traced back to the rum boom of the 17 and 1800s. Today, sugarcane is one of the world's largest crops, with Brazil producing the most at about 40% of the world's total production. The rum market today is worth about $15 billion and is growing quickly, with India of all places leading the charge as the world's largest rum consumer. Florida ranks second highest behind California when it comes to rum consumption in America, probably due to its close ties with Cuba, Haiti, and the rest of the sugar-producing and rum-drinking Caribbean. If visiting, I recommend stopping in at Old St. Pete's Distillery, grabbing a bottle of Righteous Rum and Spice, and making Justin's Delicious Rum Braised Rabbit. If you can't make it to the source though, any spice rum will do the trick. This recipe serves two people. It takes about 20 minutes to prepare and about two hours to cook. You'll need a Dutch oven to cook this. Ingredients. Quarters and loins from one rabbit. One quarter cup of flour. Half a teaspoon of salt. Half a teaspoon of fresh ground black pepper. Half a teaspoon of garlic powder. Four tablespoons of coconut oil. Half a leek finely diced. One celery stalk diced. Half a cup of onion diced. Four garlic cloves minced. One medium tomato diced. Two hot peppers minced. Half a mango diced. One thyme sprig. One bay leaf. Half a teaspoon of ginger powder. Quarter teaspoon of allspice. Quarter teaspoon of cumin. One teaspoon tomato paste. Three quarter cup wild game stock. And three quarter cup of spiced rum. You want to serve this with two cups of cooked white rice. Maybe some plantain chips and some Caribbean hot sauce. To prepare, bring a medium Dutch oven to medium high heat on the stovetop. Add the coconut oil. Preheat the oven to 325 degrees. Amply season the rabbit bits with the salt, ground black pepper, and garlic powder, then dredge in flour. Place the quarters and loins in the Dutch oven and brown on each side. Remove and set aside. Add the leek, celery, onions, garlic, tomato, hot pepper, mango, thyme, bay leaf, ginger powder, allspice, and cumin. Saute for two to three minutes, and then return the rabbit to the Dutch oven. Add the tomato paste, game stock, and rum. Cover the Dutch oven and place in the oven and cook for one hour. Stir the mixture and return to cook for an additional 20 minutes. Remove the lid and cook for 10 minutes to brown. Serve over rice with a side of plantain chips, some hot sauce, and a nice cold rum drink. Enjoy! For more great wild fish and game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn.